Welcome to a live preaching message from Lighthouse Chapel International Manhattan, New York. Lighthouse Chapel International Manhattan is the Apache branch of the Lighthouse Chapel International Churches in the United States of America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they might be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Another opportunity to hear the word of God. The word is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. Turn on the lights and bless us. Open our eyes to behold wondrous things. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Amen. And um, I just want to continue sharing with you uh, from the book, The Art of Ministry. You can take it. The art of ministry, amen. And as I was explaining in the morning, the art of ministry deals with how to work for God, how to minister to God, how to work for God. And if you're successful at working for God, you will find that it will also make you successful at working for man. Amen. You will excel. You will do very well working for man because you have learned how to work for God. As a matter of fact, Bishop has um, um, started a new conference called Lablam. You know, Lablam. Lablam means... Learning about business by learning about ministry. Yeah, yeah. Learning about business by learning about ministry. That's Lab Lam. Lab Lam. So he started a Lab Lam community, which is a community of business people, you know, and he's teaching them how to be good businessmen and how to be successful businessmen by learning about the ministry. Amen. Amen. Because the ministry is a high calling. It's a higher calling than anything anyone else is doing. Hallelujah. And usually when you do the higher thing, everything below it is easy. Hallelujah. So we're all honored and privileged to be called into the ministry. And um, if we learn how to, uh, um, um, how to serve God properly in the ministry, it is bound to affect us secularly. Amen. Amen. A lot of our pastors already have testimonies about what goes on at their workplaces. They are mostly the favorites of their bosses. A lot of them are getting promotions. Yes, they are becoming the darling boy of the workplace. 
Yes. You know, um, um, one of the brothers told me that he led his manager to Christ the other day. And the, the manager was about to divorce. You know, and the manager told him, you know, I'm going back to my wife right after that. You know? And you see that if, if you have that kind of reputation at work, you need a couple of days off. <laughs> That's really easy. Amen. So this ministry is our blessing. That God has given us and let's walk in it. Amen. Now, um, I was sharing from chapter 3 what it means to walk worthy of your calling, right? And said, understand why you must walk worthy. Number one, you must walk worthy because it is a privilege. And number two, you must walk worthy because you have a limited season of opportunity. Hallelujah. We do not have forever. Amen. We do not have forever. So let's sit up and do what God has given us to do to the best of our ability. Amen. The real purpose for life, the real reason why God has brought us here and left us here after he has saved us is so that we can work for him. Otherwise, it really doesn't make sense just to be here. It doesn't make sense to um, um, take a human being who is a sinner and then wash him with your precious blood and leave him in the place, you know, where he practiced the sin. <laughs> do, do you see what I'm saying? It's like picking up something from the floor, dusting it and setting it right back on the floor. So if God has left us here after such an expensive price has been paid to redeem us, then he must have a very good reason. He must have a very good reason for leaving us here. And that reason is not so you can work the job you're working. The job you're working is to keep you alive for a reason. Do you see what I'm saying? It's to pay your bills not to go back to the same job. God didn't give you that job so you can work it to, so that you can have more money to go back to it. Do you see what I'm saying? That you're getting a paycheck, you're being paid so you can take the bus to go and work to be paid. So you can take the bus to go and work to be paid. So you can have some extra money to pay for the apartment to rest. So you can have strength to go and work to come and pay for the apartment. You see, so that you can rest a little bit and get some extra money to put gas in the car that takes you to the workplace to earn the money to buy gas to take it to the workplace the next day. So you can have more gas to go back to work. You get it to, so that you can come home and rest to have more strength to go back to work so that you can work to earn more money to pay for the resting place where you rest from working so that you can rest and be strong so you can go back the next day to go and work for more strength 
and then come back and rest well enough at the place where you paid with the money you earned from working to be tired to need the rest to go back to the work so that the work can give you money and food to eat to be strong to go back to work so that you can you know it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense hallelujah so you realize that god didn't put us here to work he left us here to do something for him and once you start doing it then it puts your job in perspective because your job pays for the existence to fulfill that purpose are you getting what i'm saying and I tell you that if your job lines up that way, it will be an easier job to work. Actually, you will even love doing it. You will love doing anything that pays for your existence to fulfill your purpose. Yes. You would like anyone who helps you do what you are to fulfill your life's calling. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And you may not see your boss so much as an enemy but rather as a friend, a helper of your mission. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it is a blessing and we don't have forever to do that work. Hallelujah. The Bible says the night comes when no one can work. Hallelujah. Some people think that uh, they will live because they have not finished their work. That's like assuming that you will have extra time during the exam because you have not finished answering your questions. Yeah, that, that, that when you, the, the exam ends when you have finished. Do you get it? To answer all those questions. That's what it is. And when the time is up, it will be up anyway. Not done. Hallelujah. So we don't have forever. We cannot afford to postpone. But rather, let's get to the job. Number three, because the grace of God has worked for you. I am what I am by the grace of God. 1 Corinthians 15. Do you walk worthy? You know, there are 20 ways listed here, and then we shall close. Number one way to walk worthy in ministry. Amen. Amen. Not to be proud. To be, I was saying earlier today that full time doesn't mean that the church is paying you. Do you see what I'm saying? That your heart doesn't partly belong to God and partly, partly go after God or occasionally go after God. Or that you don't go after God and then when it's not convenient, you ditch God and go after something else. That is why Jesus said the first commandment and the greatest commandment is that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And he said this is the first commandment. That is the first thing God expects from all of us. And that to me is full time God wants 100% of your attention hallelujah regardless of who is paying you God wants 100% of your attention amen 
He wants 100% of your heart. And that's what God wants. Amen. Amen. Now, once God has you in the ministry, then the next important thing is that you need to serve him with humility. Hallelujah. That you have to be humble as a minister. That you should not be proud. Amen. You should always remember that it is by the grace of God. Isn't it? Yes. You know, Bishop writes, he says, Recently, whilst writing a book, I had a revelation about a great ministry that had gone down from its former glory. The Lord showed me in a flash that those people had not walked in humility when their ministry grew. This church had publicly criticized other ministries and ridiculed ministers from their pulpits. At the peak of their ministry, they would ask people who came from other churches to stand up for cleansing from contamination of other ministries. Hallelujah. When the Lord gave Solomon the blessing of building a mega temple, he did not praise himself or think more highly of his achievements than he should. He actually demeaned his own achievements. He declared that the temple he had built was nothing. He knew that his great temple was simply a human attempt to do something for the Lord. Notice the prayer of Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 27. It says, but God, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house which I have built. When you accomplish something for the Lord, you must see it in the right light. You have done nothing. God did not send you, sorry, God did not need you or me. It is his grace that makes it possible for us even to be around. Say amen. amen. Yes. So let us be mindful that it is God who has helped us. Even when things are working for us, let's remember that it is God. It is not us. It is not our smartness. It is not our cleverness. It is not our sharpness that is doing anything for us. It is God who has shown mercy. Amen. Amen. If you walk with this mentality, you will be walking worthy of your calling. Can I have an amen? amen? Now, another thing that you should do to walk worthy of your calling is to be patient. Amen. Is to be patient. Everybody say patience. patience. Say I need to be patient. Need to be patient. Amen. Amen. Patient is uh, to be patient is to be able to endure the time it takes for something to mature or become what you expected it to be. Hallelujah. Now a lot of people in ministry are not patient. Do you understand? One time somebody told the story of someone who was praying for patience. And the person said, Lord, I need patience. I need you to give me patience. And I need it 
now. Yes. Amen. Right now, Lord. Yes. Yes. I am sure as soon as he said that, one of the angels told the Lord, that's an acute need. <laughs> but this guy must really need patience. Amen. Ministry is a long-term thing. It takes your whole life. Hallelujah. There are no overnight results. Amen. You take your time and you continue to build and you continue to sacrifice and you continue to believe in what you're building and you continue to have faith in God that he who began a good work in you he is faithful and will complete what he has started Amen. hallelujah Amen. and that is a very important thing to have the Bible says even when you do the right thing Hebrews chapter 10 Hebrews chapter 10 and I think it's verse 36, you know, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36. It says, but you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Hallelujah. Amen. You have need of what? Patience. patience. Even after you have done the will of God. Hallelujah. Amen. If God says, if God says, Bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Then he says, prove me to see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there will not be room in your life to contain it. So you bring your tithe to the storehouse. You have done the will of God. Then you have need of patience after you have done the will of God that you might receive the promise. Hallelujah. Amen. And it's so critical. You have need of patience. You know, sometimes when you're going through the drive-thru, when you're going through the drive-thru, they have two windows. There's the window that takes your money. You have done the will. When you pay that money, you become entitled to the, the, the hamburger. Do you understand what I'm saying? But after that, you have need of patience. Do you understand? Yeah. If you pay your money at the first window and just drive off, do you understand? You will come from the place with no hamburger, with no fries, still hungry, but you paid the money. Do you understand? Then you're going to start saying, that this McDonald's drive-through, it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. You know, they are thieves. They are liars. But you see, it's your lack of patience that is making you not experience the things that have been promised. Hallelujah. So you have need of patience. Yes, you have paid your money. You are entitled to it. And it's on the way. Amen. Your hamburger is on the way. Amen. It's coming. Amen. Amen. Sometimes they have to make new fries. Because of you. You have need of patience. You have to stay at the window and wait for the new fries. Hallelujah. Amen. And when it comes you'll be glad you waited. Amen. Do you understand? 
The people who rush them sometimes get these soggy old fries. And you see that you're not happy with that either. You have need of patience. Can I have an amen? Sometimes you're waiting for a beloved. You have need of patience. Yeah. 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 You have need of patience. Hallelujah. If you're choosing someone who is going to be with you for the rest of your life, a cellmate, yes. A fellow prisoner. Do you understand? I think it is patience is essential. What do you think? Patience is essential. You must take your time. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Then another interesting one is number five, which says staying united. Amen. Staying united. To walk worthy is to stay united. Hallelujah. Amen. Ephesians chapter four and verse one. Ephesians chapter four. And verse 1, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Isn't it? Verse 2, verse 2. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Hallelujah. So this talks about unity. Amen. Whatever you do in the church, do not create division. If you create divisions, you are not walking worthy of the privilege of ministry. Hallelujah. There is one body and we will not allow anyone to divide us into small groups. Hallelujah. Small groups based on tribe, nationality, or any idea, any other idea. Hallelujah. See, we are blessed to be, you know, when the pastors were introducing themselves or were, were being introduced earlier, you know, and you soon see that again, that our church is a church that is blessed to be all over the place. It's our unique blessing that in one meeting, we can have a pastor from Austin, Texas, and have another pastor from San Antonio, Texas, and have another pastor from Memphis, and have another pastor from New Jersey, and have another one from Maryland, and have another one from, from where? Philadelphia, and have another one from North Carolina, and have someone from Canada, and have someone from Seattle, and have another one from where? Nebraska, right? And Connecticut, isn't it? Well, Nicaragua, isn't it? Yes. Hallelujah. You should not take that for granted. Do you understand? It is the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich. It makes you have more than one. Rich means you have a lot. When you are rich in something, it means you have a lot of that thing. So the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich. 
And God has blessed us to be rich in brethren. To have brethren all over the place. Now that blessing, remember, he says, he addeth no sorrow to it. That means that blessing must not become our curse. Amen. Our curse and our weakness must not be that you are separated and isolated and in a state by yourself. That was never meant to be a weakness. It was meant to be a blessing. Hallelujah. It was meant to be a blessing that would have a church in Memphis. That would have another church in Worcester. That would have another church in South Jersey. It's a blessing. It's not a curse. Hallelujah. So we must not turn that into a curse. So if you find yourself as a part of such a body, you must respect that arrangement that God has given us. And then rather strive to stay together. Strive to stay united. Let's do the same thing, always finding out what is happening elsewhere and trying to copy it and repeat it so that everyone, everywhere, regardless of their state, regardless of their city, has the same unique, onaporific lighthouse experience. Hallelujah. Yeah. So it shouldn't be that you have one lighthouse church in your city and when we come there it feels like an Aladura church. <laughs> Do you know Aladura? Yeah. Church of the Lord. Aladura. Yeah. No. So we make extra efforts to bring unity. That's why we have the same offering baskets. You know, shouldn't be that when we come to the church, say it's time for offering, then your wife's handbag is, is moving around. You see? Yeah? And if you're a member of Lighthouse Chapel and you see a, a basket that is moving around and it's a strange basket, you say, no. Well, well, I'm not trained to put my money in, in, in this type of basket. This is not the basket I know. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So it is important for us to stay united. Our strength as a church comes from staying united. You'll be surprised that what goes on in another place supplies something to what is going on in your place. Yes. You see, sometimes people don't go to work because they hurt their toe. And their job has nothing to do with their toe. But the thing is that what is going on down with your little toe, you see, affects the whole system. That is the nature of true unity. That whatever happens in one small part affects the rest of the system. Hallelujah. And so we must strive to move together our church is blessed, I tell you. You see, sometimes our members and our pastors make the mistake of comparing us with other churches. Do you see? But you see that sometimes you don't realize that the other church that you're comparing us with 
It's just one single church, do you understand, trying to move forward. Our church is 2,000 pieces trying to move forward at the same time. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And it takes, it takes a higher anointing. It takes a different grace. It is like the difference between driving an 18-wheeler and your little car. Do you realize when you have to drive your 18-wheeler, you need a different license? It's a higher anointing license that you need to drive that type of car. Do you understand? And you see, it, it doesn't turn anywhere. Do you understand? You, an 18-wheeler doesn't just make a U-turn. You don't, you don't just do that. You get it? Because the implications are more serious. Yeah, they're more serious. So an 18-wheeler driver is usually a very patient man. You watch them, they're usually not young. <laughs> yes. Truck drivers are usually not young. Usually they're old. They, they, you see, they have a belly, a bit, you know, a little bit of, you know, and then a little bit of gray hair. And you can see that there's a certain timelessness about them. They are patient because what they are doing has implications. Do you see what I'm saying? It has, if, if they make a little mistake, the implications are serious. Yeah. So they may take slower and take a little more time to arrive. But when they arrive, they bring more goods. Do you understand? Than you can ever carry in your little small car. When they eventually arrive, they make such a difference. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you in your little sports two-seater car? You know, just making U-turns everywhere, crisscrossing everywhere. You see the thing. See, you see those type of little cars, see, they get more tickets than 18-wheelers. Yeah. You start observing, you see that pole. It's rare that you see an 18-wheeler getting a ticket. But this type of small, small cars that just move, just, 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 you see that you're getting tickets. Are you following what I'm saying? So respect the largeness of the church. Respect and fall in love with the largeness of the movement. It is the wisdom of God that has given us that. And it is safe. Hallelujah. It is safe. It is safe. Yeah. If you even fly on planes, you see the little planes when they come to, through the winds. You see the, ah, the plane is coming to land and you see it's dancing like that. You know. But when you fly those bigger planes, even when it takes off, you don't feel it. Yeah. It takes off. You see, it's taxing. And, you know, the other day when I was one and it lifted up, I said, is this pilot sure the thing has, you know, is it time to take off? Because it felt like the plane was just walking. <laughs> and then suddenly it lifted off. But I realized it's the size of the plane that gives you that feeling. It gives you more security. So planes that go very far, they are not short and small like that. No. There is no 747 that flies between LaGuardia and Philly. <laughs> yeah, they don't work like that. Big planes are what you need for long haul. Do you understand? 
a church that is going to make an impact across generations i'm talking about a church that will you know today i was sitting here and i was watching the boys choir sing you know and i could see the boys guy that's it i was telling pastor lindsay this is pastor david's son this one is and then he also showed me one he said a church god has given us a church a church where not even you can sit down and your son who was born in the church Boasting, I have a private jet. Private jet. You see, private jet. They just take it from here to Worcester and back. Your little, your little, those little planes, four-seater planes. No, it doesn't go to go far. They get on one of these big. Now they have a, yeah, big, big plane, fat, big one. It's the little ones too. Yeah, there are many churches. They just have one pastor. Hey, bring the offering basket. You, you want a Coca-Cola? You, you say, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Then we take the... Where's the offering basket? Bring it. Then. Yeah. We take some of the offering. Then we call one... Excuse me, Usher. Can you come, please? Yes. And we take some more and we buy donuts. That's how the whole church is operating. When you give an offering here, it's only one-way trip. Even if you change your mind, you can't put your hand here. The way up is a different route altogether. Yes. Do you see what we pay for this place? It's not because we took this offering. This offering is not what pays for this place. It's a little slow. It may be a little different and so on. But when it moves, as when it flies from Paris to this place, it brings 500 people. And so you see that when God wants to us, we are meeting, this is for the Catholic Church. We are meeting in an institute. Yeah, and, and they are in full support and full dis- some of these other churches and so on. They will see the look, I'm going to my Roman. <laughs> yes. Yes. Those churches are. And God has given us one of those churches. We, 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 we believe in and support and love our founder. Must be counted worthy of double honor. Now, when you see someone who is moving to one block, that's an elder who rules well. And are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. Time you see the um, 18 wheeler, you know it. We don't drive it with the license you have. It's a higher anointing license. You get it. You don't just get up and take one of those things. God doesn't just give one of those things to anybody who just has a driver's license. You know, uh, license C. Then, what is, no, the C is the one that you have. Yeah? The C is the regular one. You need a CDL. Yes, a proper, like, that one you have to go to school again. Yes. And you write the exam again. Yes. It's a higher anointing. I said it's a higher anointing. The grace of God that is in operation in this church is a higher anointing. It's a higher anointing. Yes. And so let's respect it. Let's love it. And God will bless us. Say amen. Yeah. You keep the unity. Now, one more thing I'd like to say is number 15 to walk worthy you must renounce hidden things of dishonesty 
You get it. Number 16 says, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and verse 1 and 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Verse 2. But we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Can I have an amen? amen. Well, here, what he's telling us is that a pastor must not be dishonest. Do you understand? We must not be crafty. We must not be crooks. We must not, yeah, 419 pastors. Do you understand? Yes. Yes. He says that, he says you must, you must commend yourself to every man's conscience. That means that a person, an average person of average conscience must think good of you. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. They must not be suspicious of you. You must not give reason for people to be suspicious of you. You must not have dark shadows around you. You see, you, a pastor must not, or a person who is working for God, you being used by God, must not have shady things around you. Are you following what I'm saying? You must not, you must not be like that. It says you must renounce the hidden things. So you may have had it before. Do you understand? But he says you must renounce means distance yourself from it. You see, back off from those things and start to live a clean, straightforward life. So that an average person just looks at you, he says, and his conscience is satisfied that you're a good person. Can I have an amen? amen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So you might, a pastor must not have some secret girlfriend. Do you get it? Yes. Yes. Somebody was telling me recently that one pastor was having a holy shower or something like that with, with one of the members. You know? No. A pastor must not have holy showers based on what scripture? Huh? You see, one of the things there, it says, it says, not handling the word of God deceitfully. You see? How are you going to have holy showers? Do you see? Take the scriptures and twist them. You know, the Bible says when Elisha was going to raise that little boy from the dead, Elisha stretched himself upon the child. You know, I, I, I need to stretch myself upon you. That the anointing of God, what God has given me, you know, I need to bring my mouth to your mouth, my nose to your nose, and my everything to your everything. No! No! See, the way, the way it is, the way things are, look, I need to bath you myself. No, 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 no. 
unbecoming. Pastor must not do that. Can I have an amen? Yes. You should not collect church members' money for business. You see that a time is going to come, the business is not working. Now, even you, the pastor, you are afraid to go to the church. <laughs> you see, <laughs> you, you, you wake up on Sunday morning, the Lord has given you a good message, but you can't deliver it. You have collected money, you collected loans, you know, there's 300 here, 500 here, you know, 2,000 here, you know, um, 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 how much do I owe you here? <laughs> 5,000 here, you see, then 250 here, you see, as, as you are preaching, when you, when you come to church and you see, you see your church members coming, then you just pass there. You get it? And you say you are going on evangelism. <laughs> you borrow the church members' cars. You're driving it. You go and scratch the car. Then you go and buy paint and paint it. <laughs> and paint it yourself. You see. And you don't tell the church member that this is what happened. So he's driving his car. And he suddenly sees that the paint is different. <laughs> You have used your little child's color color <laughs> you use color color pencil <laughs> you see and crayola crayola crayons you see to just try and change the color of the car do you get it a pastor must not be crafty do you see when you you say yay it must be yay we must not be looking behind a pastor's words to find what the true meaning is. Hallelujah. He said, let us walk worthy of the calling. Amen. Walk worthy of the calling. If you have been called, make it worth it. Can I have an amen? Walk worthy of the calling. And then finally, finally, it says... Do not adulterate the word of God. Do not adulterate the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. That means not diluting, not mixing, not interfering with and twisting the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. The other day I had somebody preaching. He said, listen, listen. He said, listen, 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 listen. Listen, listen, listen. What I'm about to tell you, what I'm about to tell you, you will not hear it from anywhere. It's not, it's not even in the Bible. Even, even in the Bible, it's, it's not there. You get it? You, so, you have to listen, 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 listen. You see, it's not even in the... What are you going to say that is not in the Bible? Yes. You see? And these days, these days you have church members who like something outside the Bible. Why do you want anything that is outside the Bible? Why do you want anything that is outside the Bible? It should have been that when he said, listen, listen, what I'm about to say is not in the Bible. That's when the thing should have ended. Say, if it's not in the Bible, then I'm out of here. Yes. But it's not in the Bible. 
And then he proceeded to say something really weird and confusing, very something. And then he says, it's D. <laughs> See. says it's deep it's deep then he said because you know it's spiritual so you and then he said spiritual things are caught they are not taught <laughs> yes yes so so what he's about to teach he caught it <laughs> you see the thing uh -huh. that's why he said you will never hear it from anywhere yeah can I have an amen? amen? I really want to encourage you to cherish this great family that God has given to us. Amen. God has given to us. And let us walk worthy as pastors. God has blessed us to call us regular, ordinary people. That's who we are. We're not special people from any place. I mean, you know them. They came from among you. Some of them used to be shepherds. Some of them used to be uh, leaders, you know, leaders of the choir, leaders of prayers, and so many different things, ashes, instrumentalists, so many different things, and God has favored them and promoted them. Hallelujah. Let's respect what God is doing in their lives and respect the hand of God upon them because, you know, it's just begun. Greater things are coming. Hallelujah. Greater things are coming. Let us walk worthy of the calling. So Jesus will say to us one day, well done. Well done means I'm so glad I made you a pastor. I am so proud of you. I know I didn't make a mistake. I am so glad I chose you. You've made me glad. You've made my sacrifice worth it. That should be what the Lord should say about all of us. Hallelujah. So God bless you all. Stand to your feet and let's say a word of prayer. Amen. Amen. Right. Now, let us pray. Let us pray. We're just about to close, but let's just pray. Father, we are so grateful again for your blessing. Thank you for your grace and for your mercy shown us by including us in this great work. Thank you for the Lighthouse Chapel. Thank you for our Father, the Bishop. Thank you for loving us so much that you would include us in this magnificent call upon his life that you will give us a part of what you have given him that we will play our part we pray that we will walk worthy of the calling help us not to be a disgrace or an embarrassment to the anointing that is upon Bishop Dag. let the excellence that characterizes his ministry be found in our ministries also. Let the same excellence be found around us. Let the same spirit of excellence be associated with us. 
that when people hear our names, when they say that that's a lighthouse member, that's a lighthouse pastor, that's a shepherd in lighthouse, that's a singer in lighthouse, or that's just a regular member of Lighthouse Chapel International, suddenly they will expect great things, good things, exciting things from us. We thank you, Lord, for your blessing. We are truly grateful, Lord, to be sons and daughters of this household. We thank you for your blessing in Jesus' name. Now, as we close today, I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you came to support one of these pastors, but you know in your heart that you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you are not saved, you are not born again. If you were to die, you will go to hell. Or at least you are not sure you will go to heaven. But this is an opportunity for you to be saved. And to be sure about where you'll spend eternity. So I want to give you a chance to receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. So if you're here this afternoon and you want to give your life to Jesus, I want you to raise up your right hand and I'll pray for you. Is there anybody who wants to give your life to Jesus today? Just raise up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You came with your uncle, you came with your cousin, came with your colleague at work, you came to support a friend, a neighbor, but you know in your heart that you are not born again. God knew you were coming and he prepared to meet you. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. I want you to raise up your right hand and I'll pray for you. Is there anybody here like that? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, why don't we all just say this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. I believe with my heart that you are Lord. And I confess with my mouth, God raised you from the dead. Please come into my heart. Forgive my sins, Lord. Cleanse me from unrighteousness. And make me a child of God. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Amen. You may be seated, please. Amen. All right. Now we're going to do the minister's pledge and so I'm going to invite I'm going to can you move this please we hope you've been blessed for copies of this message or other such messages please write to us at tapes and publications at yahoo.com